it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 587 for March 24th, 2019, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. I am joined again this week by Bart Bouchatz with Programming by Stealth, installment 74 of X. X is growing, Bart. X is definitely growing, and like I say, X is nowhere near its limit. Nowhere near. So much still to do. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do limit theory. This is fun. Speaking of fun, I had so much fun this week with my homework. I loved it. Oh, excellent. And, you know, you're, you're really getting stuck into the bones of templating now. So, you know, this is good. These are very real world techniques we're getting into now. Yeah. Now, I want to give a shout out to the entire concept of buddy programming, I think you call it. One of the reasons I'm enjoying it so much is that Dorothy and I get together and yak about it, and then she very often helps me with my homework. And a lot of times it's where I understand conceptually what I should be doing, but I've got a syntax problem or I've just, you know, I've forgotten something <laughs> shocking to the entire audience. I forget things from time to time. Uh, but it's it's been like this fun puzzle adventure game that we're playing together, and, and uh, that does make it really fun. I hope you guys have buddies, too, to, or you're just smart enough to do it off right off the bat, you know. Or, or you can make the uh, PBS channel over on the Slack a bit more active if you need some help or some yeah. company. Yeah, there's a lot of people very helpful over there. Uh, Marianne and uh, Caleb in particular have been jumping in with all kinds of cool stuff. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to tell you, Bart, was uh, this week on the on the podcast, I, on the NoSilicast, I'm going to be talking about a little comparison chart I created to help people choose what iPad they should buy. And I got to thinking, what if I made a little mustache-based webpage where, I mean, at the very simplest form, let's say I, I ask people, what is the single most important thing? And they hmm. say, I have no money. Out will squirt the answer. It'll tell you you want the uh, the original or the iPad nothing. It's going to cost you 329 bucks. It's going to weigh 1.03 pounds. You're going to have Touch ID. You know, it'll just tell you everything yeah. about it. Um, and I can write that. So I started yeah. writing it in the car on the way back from Lindsay's house today. Excellent. That is... That is Welcome to the rabbit hole I now get to go down quite regularly because people show me cool things and I have ideas and then I end up writing them. <laughs> oh, look, there's another day gone. Whoopsie daisies. How do I do that? I was going to work on my taxes, but that was way more fun, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Insert, in you know, important thing I should be doing, like fixing bartb.ie, for example. Uh, but wonderful listener Caleb has me off now instead of doing that I'm now off playing with Emmett instead because I, I oh. yeah I want to get Emmett like in, integrated into Mac OS in some way so that I don't need to use an app that supports it I can just use any app oh okay like say Safari while I'm writing my blog posts oh. yeah. yes so I'm completely down a rabbit hole and wasting time but it's fun and that's, <laughs> that's the whole point really that's what we're here for precisely so when we were last together on PBS, because we were last together last week, not on Programming by Stealth, but when we were last together on Programming by Stealth, we were looking at, we're continuing to look at templating. Mm -hmm. So we had first seen the templating many moons ago in terms of so-called template literals in JavaScript, just a little backtick strings, and they're minimally powerful. And then we looked at HTML templates uh, the time before last, which are pretty powerful, but it's you're limited to simply cloning and clone, tweak, clone, tweak, clone, tweak. Uh, whereas with mustache, you can do conditionals and loops, and it, it's just more powerful. 
So Plus we the got syntax in- is not nearly as annoying. Precisely. And I, I say I find that quite pleasing with its squirrely brackets all over the place. As you can see from the icon for this series, I have a fondness for the for the squiggly ones. I think last week we said squirrely brackets all the way down. Yes. Uh, and what we covered last time is the bulk of what you will be using with Mustache. But there are two more features I just I think are worthy of sharing with you. Uh, one of which you'll use a lot, one of which you'll probably use less, but that nonetheless are... They're, yeah, they're, they're worth spending some time with before we move off. And then that's it. At that stage, we'll have done something quite rare. Um, we'll have covered almost every single feature of Mustache. Wow. Because we haven't come anywhere near covering all of jQuery. We're not going to come anywhere near covering all of Bootstrap. But Mustache, one of the reasons I love it is it's simple, self-contained, does one thing, does it well. And we're going to have covered all but the most fringe of uh, special features when we're done today. Cool. Which is pretty cool. Well, except I really like them, so I'd like like six more weeks of them. But uh. <laughs> oh no, we'll be using them constantly, right? This is oh, okay, whenever good. I need a template, I'm just going to reach for mustache. Just like now, I reach for jQuery all the time. Just no more new stuff, right? So our challenge from last time was to take our continuing evolving city timer and turn it from an HTML5 template tag based city timer into a silly timer that uses mustaches for making its little toasts. So the first thing to do in your homework was to include the mustache library. So that was a straightforward copy and paste job. So with that done, the next thing then was to embed a mustache template into the document. And the way we learned to do that is by using slash abusing the script tag. Um, by giving it a type that is not a programming language and then giving it an ID. And so the type could be boogers, but it's generally better to be a bit more obvious in what you're doing. So I would advise people use the correct MIME type for HTML, which is text slash HTML. So in my sample, you will see that I have script type equals text slash HTML, ID equals toast underscore TPL because I'm very unimaginative. Then in there, uh, so what I've highlighted in the show notes is what I've changed, the lines that have changed since the since the previous res- uh, solution. So obviously it was a template tag last time and now it's become a script tag. And then the next thing to change is that where the, the bit where the title will go is now just inside its strong tag is simply the mustache title. And then the bit where the message needs to go is just inside the div, the mustache message. So we basically put our two placeholders in. And right. that's it. So the next thing to do then is to edit our show or to edit my show toast function so that instead of cloning, editing, and showing, it instead uses toast to create from scratch using a view our toast. So we fetch a copy of the template. So we pull the, t- the string for the template out of that funny script tag using jQuery's dollar function. So we simply say dollar pound sign the name, you know, the ID, and then we use the .html function to pull the string out, and we save it into a variable very imaginatively called toast tpl for template. 
we're going to need a view object. It just needs, there's only two mustaches in there, so we need a title and a message. So I just built a little uh, object called toast view, which has title T message MSG, because they're the names I gave the arguments to my show toast function. And then we just build a toast by basically using um, the dollar function to build from scratch using a giant big string of HTML, our new toast. So I just say const dollar toast equals dollar function. And then I get passed the argument mustache.render the toast template with the toast view. So that basically means a whole bunch of HTML gets shoved into the dollar function and out pops my fresh toast. I've got to go back and compare this to what I did because that sure looks a lot simpler than the way I got there. <laughs> well, you got there, which is the important thing, which is that is definitely the, the simplest way to do it. Nice and short code. And at that point, the function continues on exactly as it was before. Shove the toast into the toast rack, initialize the toast plugin on it, um, and then show the toast at the end. Yeah, I guess when I'm looking at my code, it's all slimed up with things like uh, disabling the uh, the input form and pushing the button and all those other pieces of it. So I'm not, uh, uh, yeah, so it's not time- in a tight group like that. Yeah, last time I refactored my code to make it easier to edit. Yeah. That was one of the things we walked through in my sample solution last time, right. refactoring the code into a show toast function, which meant that this time around it was nice and self-contained. Yeah. That's a lot easier to read. Yes. So, I mean, that is generally, if you find a long function, that's one of those bad smells in software engineering. So if you find a long function that does many things, it's generally considered good practice to pull it out into a small function that does one thing and has a sensible name. And hmm. then as you're reading through your code, it's more Englishy or Frenchy or Germany, whatever, <laughs> whatever language you're speaking. I think I may have, hmm. Can I ask a question the result of it sure. being a really, really dumb question? So we always put in a little comment that says we're going to do the document ready handler and then we've got a function there. Doesn't everything mm-hmm. have to be inside of that function? Everything doesn't know, but your function should be called from there. So nothing should happen until document ready sets the whole thing rippling. So if you look in my code, you will see that my show toast function will be called by something inside my um, document ready function. So nothing's going to happen until document ready happens. Okay. But the function doesn't have to be inside document ready. It just has to not be called. Okay. Remember, you define functions and you call functions. So it's important the function doesn't get called until the document is ready, mm-hmm. but you can define it anytime. How does one know, looking at the code, which one's the document ready handler? It's the it's one that the, says dollar parentheses function parentheses yep. and starts a squiggly bracket. There's no other yep. function that looks like that. Just just the document just, ready. Yes. Handler. If you pass okay. the dollar function a function as its only argument, then it is a document-ready handler. Okay. Okay. I I knew that was it, but I wasn't sure what about it made it it. Yes, and that that is it. It is basically when you pass the dollar function a function, that's what it does with it. Okay. Thank you for not mocking me for asking that question 74 episodes in. No, no, but it's non-obvious, right? And it's one of those things where... It's a shortcut because it's something you do so often. jQuery likes to make things you do often short, so you do less typing, which has the advantage of being short. It has the disadvantage of being non-obvious. Yeah. So swings and roundabouts. 
Yeah, I remember once I found the or I saw the the full uh, way it can be written. And it was like, oh, that's the document ready handler. And I started writing it that way, but then I got tired and started writing it this way. <laughs> yeah, because you could say dollar, pass it, uh, probably pass the bot. Yeah, there is a fuller way of doing it. There, There is a full event you could tag into, but yeah, something that on, yeah, but no. Okay. I just do it the short way because, yeah. And you do it every time. So I guess you sort of just start to do it reflexively. Right. I thought everything had to be inside it, but you're, I see what you're saying. It can call stuff outside of it. Yeah. What matters is that you don't try to execute your function until the document is ready. Because then you're literally going off half-cocked, right? You know, the, <laughs> right, right. You know, the, the powder isn't in yet, the, the, the fuse hasn't been attached, but off you, you f- pull the trigger anyway. You say, oops, why didn't that work? Because <laughs> you tried to insert a toast into a non-existent rack or whatever. Right. Okay, so let us, before we move forward, let us very quickly recap. And I want to throw in, um, I I retroactively went and edited last week's show notes to make them a little clearer. So I just want to own up to the fact that I've done that and explain why. So we learned about mustache sections last time. So we learned that if you want to have a conditional section, you would have a variable in your view with any name you like, let's, let's for our example, use the, the arbitrarily chosen name Boogers. And if that variable is truthy and not an array, then we could say curly bracket, curly bracket, pound sign, as in Octosorp, Boogers, close curly, close curly, some more stuff, and then end the section with curly, curly, forward slash Boogers, curly, curly. Right. So... The pound sign boogers to the slash boogers defines a section. Yes? Yes, but mm-hmm. I thought that that isn't just a, that's an if true section. No, it's right? a section. What How it behaves depends on what boogers is. Oh, I thought you said booger- the one with the octothorpe was if true and else was the one with the uh, circumflex. The That is carrot. true but not complete. If boogers is not an array, what you have said is correct. If boogers is an array, then the one with the octosorp is the loop. Wait, what? <laughs> you said it's true, but then not for an array, but for an array, it is a loop. Right. So I'm lost. Okay. The, okay. The else one is only for when it's not true, right? So the hat is for not true. Okay. But the octosorp is for if, and it's also a loop. It's. You mean it can have a loop? No, no, it is. Okay. What the octosorp does depends on what boogers is. If boogers is not an array, then the octosorp means do it once or zero, which is an if statement, right? Zero or one is what it means if boogers is not an array. But if boogers is an array, then it means loop over boogers. Okay. Sure. It- don't remember that from last time, and I was positive I understood this. So, That's not why saying I'm you didn't going say over it. it again because it confuses people. Okay. So, right, basically, it's pretty much always an octosorp, with the exception of else, which is just weird, which is why it has a different symbol. So, if boogers is anything that's not an array, then the octosorp means show it zero or one times, depending on whether it's truthy or not. If it's an array, then the octosorp means do this once for everything in the array. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the octosorp is overloaded, as we would say 
in programming nerd speak. And then the hat means inverted. Do the do the do the not do the other thing. Yeah, which would be nothing at all if it was a loop. Well, no, because there's no such thing as a loop, right? So if it was an empty array, I, I don't. You'd have to experiment. The documentation didn't make it clear to me, and I've never thought of of putting a not. An array is truthy, so therefore, not an array should be falsy, which means it shouldn't happen. Right. Okay. Then I do understand. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. I've I've never used the hat against an array because it doesn't really make sense to use it against an array. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's sort of where we left things off, and the bit of, you know, I had described that boogers was controlling the section. That's how I phrased it in English last time. And that is a good description of what's going on. So boogers is in control of the section that starts with octothorpe boogers slash boogers. But the actual word used in the documentation is that boogers is the section key. And so I just wanted to alter my wording so I matched the documentation so that when you went to RTFM... I was using the same words that the documentation was. So I went back and edited last week's show notes to use the word section key. And Hmm. I'm now going to use the word section key to describe boogers. That's interesting. Why would they use key? Because usually, well, I guess there's a key, there's a value inside it. Right. And I mean, boogers is, boogers is a key in the uh, view. Oh. So in this case, it's a key in the view. That is running yeah. a section, so it's a yeah. section key. Okay. Now, I stopped you before you said uh, you talked about the list part, I think. Yeah, that so booger list is just another name for a variable, right? So if we loop over it, if if booger, if we had a, if our view contained an array called booger list, then octothorpe booger list, as far as slash booger list, will loop over the booger list. That sounds just like. <laughs> it is exactly just like that's what I'm oh. saying that the octothorpe is overloaded I don't understand why you're describing a second thing you know because I described it twice last time and because it's worth saying twice because it does two things the octothorpe if you're not in an array the octothorpe is an if if you are in an array the octothorpe is a loop so it, it has two jobs so I'm describing... Oh, oh it so in your... No, I'm, I'm having trouble with your example. So your example of boogers is that it was not an array, and boogers uh-huh. list is an array, and you're saying those yes. are the two did conditions. Okay, I, yes. I, I get you now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So as I said, the main thing I wanted to get to the point is that the thing we're... The, 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 the word we're going to use to describe the job being done by boogers and booger list is that they are section keys. Okay. And that's it, really. And I edited last week's show notes to use that same phraseology. Great. So you can have a function as a section key. So we've talked about if it's a truthy value or if it's an array, but the other option is what if it's a function? Well, then something very powerful and cool can happen. So um, now there is, okay, let me just be careful how I phrase this. So it's slightly weird. But what you need to have, if you're going to do this, is a function that returns a function that does something. (laughs) 
Which is why I say in the show notes, there's an unexpected second level of indirection here. So pay close attention. (laughs) Right. So what's going to happen is we are going to process everything between. We're going to process the content of the section with this function returned by the function, which means we can actually manipulate it. We can do something with it. We can actually apply some calculation across our section, which we may want to do, say, if our view contained some numbers that were temperatures. Those numbers are going to have to be in a single unit, right? So mm-hmm. maybe it's degrees Celsius because it's written by a scientist. But you may want to be friendly to your audience and display two values, you know, with a Fahrenheit and the Celsius value. Well, you could put both values into your view, but then you're sort of doing calculations and then duplicating the data into your view. Why not have? Why not have the the? Why not have a function do that work? Okay. So, basically, I I needed to find an example to explain why you might want to have a function that returns a function as a as as a section key because it sounds really weird and abstract, and the only way I can make it make sense is to show you why it exists. And the okay. reason it exists is to make it possible to do things like we're about to do here as a worked example. Okay. So our view is very straightforward. Const demo view one becomes equal to the object place la temp c 22, into which I have put a comment to myself to say temperature in degrees Celsius. Okay. And what I would like the output to be from my template is it will be some amount of degrees Fahrenheit, open parens, some amount of degrees Celsius, close parens in LA tomorrow. In this case, 72 and 22. Okay. So without using functions, the closest I would be able to get it would be to, to, to use the template string. It will be squarely, squarely, temp C, close, squarely, close, squarely, degrees C in squarely, squarely place tomorrow. And that will give me, it will be 22 degrees C in LA tomorrow. But that's close to what we want. But no, we actually want the mathematics. We want the extra oomph here. We, we want to be friendly to people. So step one is to just do the maths as just a function we're going to just have available to us. So I looked it up on the Wikipedias. And the way you convert from Celsius to Fahrenheit is that you take the degree Celsius, multiply by 1.8, and then add 32. Nine-fifths, by the way. I do believe it is also nine-fifths. Um, so you could have nine slash five, but that's an extra operator. So this way, it's only one <laughs> operator. Um, and then we return, using our friend the template string. So so Back hang on, I, I stopped you before you read out what it was. So he's got function, degree C to human temperature with a, an argument of degree C. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a constant degree F is math.round degree C times 1.8. And after the multiplication, add 32, return. And that's where he's got to give me the uh, degrees F and the degrees C. Yes. Using now, you've our... only got one set of squiggly brackets around deg F and deg C. Is that right? That is very right. Because oh, because that's the little backtick. Ba- yeah, yeah, there's my little backtick. Okay. Right. Yes. Okay, so, so now dollar, you've got a function available to you. Yes, exactly. So our function takes a number and spits out the Fahrenheit and the Celsius. Right. So that function now exists. So now we can update our view so that it 
so that we have a function that returns a function that does okay. something useful. So demo view two is very similar to our first demo view, but we've added in human temp as a as a key. And human temp is a function which returns function raw text comma render, and then it does its magic return. We call our function on render raw text. That takes a bit of breaking down. Mm-hmm. I think it sure does. Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> So function return function, that's just our second level of indirection. That's so far so weird, but okay, we'll live with that. I mean, they could have just put the function there. Well, they okay, they, they couldn't because um, if you returned, say, four, then it would just use four as the value for the key. No, I didn't say to return four. I'm saying they could just say, oh, you have to fu- have a function in order to return a function. Yes, because if you have mm. a function that returns something that's not a function, then it will simply substitute the value. So to make it actually execute, it has to be a function that returns a function. <laughs> we okay. saw that last time, right? If you, if you use a function as as your key, it will execute the function and then stick the value into the template. We did that last time with, was it converting something to title case or something like that? Mm, I don't remember doing that last time, but... You you have done that as one of your embedded crazinesses that you added to, to deflect me from following the rest of it. <laughs> I remember yeah, that. Yeah, definitely in part 73, we did we, we had a key that was a function that returned a value. And what it does is it uses the value as if it was just a normal key. So to make it do the extra magic, you actually have to have a function that returns a function. Okay. So the real hard the real work is done by the inner function and it's very important that the inner function has two arguments. We can name them anything we like but I would recommend sticking with the names raw text and render and the reason being when that function is called by the mustache library the first argument will be the entire content of the section with all of its squiggly brackets still as squiggly brackets, right? So unedited. Hang on, I I don't know where raw text and ren- comma render came from. We are we are naming them here. I am <sighs> making a function and saying I will call the first argument raw text. Okay. I could and... call it boogers. I could say function booger one and booger two. Okay. So is render a function? Is No. It, okay. Is render right a now, variable render is, name? Okay. Right now, render is a variable name of my choosing for the second argument. Okay. Of all the things I would choose for a variable name, I wouldn't use something that is actually a function name. Ah, but the second argument is a function. I just asked you if it was a function and you said no. It said doesn't it have to be. It, okay. Mustache will pass as the second argument a function. But it, we aren't right. in mustache. You're just writing a little function here. Return function, I, yes. raw text, comma, render. It's got two arguments. Yes. Right. So I am writing a function which is expecting to be passed two arguments that I am choosing to name raw text and render. Now, this function will be used by mustache. We're, in, we're defining a view that we're going to pass to mustache. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So when mustache uses this function, 
Mustache promises in the documentation. It makes a promise to us, the developer. The API says, if you pass me a function that returns a function, I will call that function with two arguments. The first argument will be the content of the section. And the second argument will be a special render function that has the view already baked into it. Okay. Wow. So this is a function inside a function inside a function inside yes. of a view. Yes. So it's not just a function and a function. It's three levels of distraction. Di- wait, not distraction. Well, no, I uh, mean, LA, well, you wouldn't say that LA is, is, is a level of abstraction, right? No, it's no. A render is a function. We're returning a function that uses render as an argument, and mm-hmm. that's being returned by a function that's calling the function that's calling render. So there's there's three functions in a row. Sure. Yes. Okay, yeah. So three levels of abstraction. That is very painful. The good news is, if you just call them raw text and render, the important thing you have to remember is, all you have to do is call render raw text, and it will ter- it will take the content of your section and process it. So if your section contains mustaches, they will be converted if you just say render raw text. So for the audience... Read how you're actually saying that, what what that actually is. It's render parentheses raw text. Yes. So we've got a function with two arguments, raw text comma render. Mm -hmm. And that's returning this calculation we just wrote, this degree C to human temperature, Mm -hmm. render parentheses raw text. So let's break that down. That's hard. (laughs) It is hard, right? This is many levels of indirection here. Degree C to human temp expects to be handed a string, or sorry, expects to be handed a number, which it's going to do its magic on. So raw text is the actual con- the actual raw template string inside the section, which is probably going to be a mustache that's going to inject a temperature. So we need to convert that mustache into like 22 or 24 or whatever. So render raw text will actually process the mustache inside the section. And then we convert it to what we want and then we return it. So there's another mustache going on somewhere? Mm-hmm. We there's a th- Let's let's move on to the next example and you will see it. So park this. I know you're so confused. Are we not so in the this. same example we started in? Did We, we just... are in the same example. I need to take you to step two of the same example, and then they will cease to be abstract and become concrete. Okay. Are we ignoring your very first mustache.render, or is that still We're part not of ignoring it. No, no, we're not ignoring it. I'm saying park it. This is confusing mm-hmm. you. Park it. Put a pin okay. in it. Don't drop it. Don't forget it. I'm not leaving it behind. I know it's confusing. Okay. Trust me. The next line is our template, right? In order to do mustache, you have a view and you have a template. So let's look at the template half of the equation. So demo TPL2. It will be... That's a constant he's he's reading to you. Yes, so I'm defining a new variable that is going to be our template string. Okay. And it contains the text. It will be... And then we start a mustache section with uh, octosorp human temp. So that's a section... We're starting a section, and then a little bit later, we're ending a section. Now, human temp is our funny one, right? Human temp, in our view, is our function that returns a function that calls a function, right? Mm -hmm. So between the 
Octothorpe Human Temp and the Slash Human Temp, what do we have? Another mustache that says Temp C. Right. So raw text is squarely, squarely, Temp C, close, squarely, close, squarely. How? How? Where? Okay, because the documentation says that if you have a function that returns a function, the first argument will be the content of the section. Human temp is the name of the section, so the content of the section is squarely, squarely, temp, C, squarely, wait, squarely. Wait, wait, human... Where, where's human temp? So, Oops. in the view, human okay. temp is the function that returns a function. Okay. Yes? Yeah. So, there we go. They're connected together now. Human temp is our section key. What is human temp in the view? Human temp is the function that returns a function. Okay. It will be passed two arguments. Raw text is what we're calling the first argument. And then the raw text is going to be the content of the section. So that means in this case, it is squarely, squarely, temp C, squarely, squarely. So raw, so text, raw text is temp C inside a mustache. Which isn't ready for us to convert it to human degrees yet, is it? We need to convert it to 22, right? Our degree C to human temp needs an actual number. It doesn't need squarely brackets. It needs a real number. Mm-hmm. So that's what the render, that's what the second argument is for. It's for processing the content of the section. So you just, if you want to get the actual content, you always do the same thing, render raw text. Always. Okay. So the only thing you actually need to remember is that you render raw text, assuming that's how you've named your arguments. And that will then turn mustache temp C into 22. And then the 22 is, goes off to our function, and that's what we want. How is temp C not already temp 22? It says it. It says temp C colon 22. Okay, but I am it's telling you that the documentation says that what is passed as the first argument is the unprocessed content of the section. That's what the documentation says. That is the contract Mustache has with you, the developer. And in that case, you're talking about human temp, which is our third yes. key. No, third. Yes, yes. no, yeah, yes. Third yes. key in our view. Yes. So hu- human temp is the third key in the view. And we have a contract with, with Mustache that if we pass it raw text, render raw text, it'll take. The contract we have is that if you if a section was key close, is a Bart, function that returns a function. I was close. I have to start over for this to work. Okay. We've got our our third key in our view is human temp. And it's a function that returns a function that's looking for raw text and render. Uh and we're gonna and then we've said to return render raw text. So raw text is our temp C. And we know that I don't know how. I don't know okay, why so it is know, in LA, okay, so for example. The contract, right. If the documentation for Mustache says that if you use a function that returns a function as a section key, it will be called with the unprocessed content of the section as the first argument. That is. But by, how do we know it's not LA? What makes it be twenty-two? What uh, what makes because it? Because it says no, no. It says whatever is between the start of the section and the end of the section will be passed as the first argument. Oh, uh, okay. 
Okay. Okay. That, that piece was missing. Okay. So we've got, uh, it says it will be octotherp, human temp, temp C, closed human temp. So, uh, that, that human temp that's got the function inside the function inside the function is being passed temp C. Therefore, temp C is raw text. Render, yes. we're going to render the raw text, even though it's already. Well, but right now it's raw, right? It's what is What about it is raw? It is actually the character curly bracket followed by the character curly bracket followed by the letter T followed by the letter okay. E followed. It's not 22. It is curly, curly, T-E-M-P-C, curly, curly. It is okay. unprocessed. It is raw. Okay, because we haven't passed it temp C yet. It's just we called. We haven't rendered it. It's we just rendered a string. It. Okay. Okay, so we got to render it. So we render it. That turns it into 22, and then Mm -hmm. the function takes 22 and actually turns that into degrees Fahrenheit, degree C, spits that out as a a string. Bingo! Which becomes the key, it becomes the value to the key human temp. Yes. I will never be able to repeat that sentence again in my lifetime. (laughs) Okay, the only thing you need to know is that if I need to do a calculation on a section... Then I need to copy and paste from the show notes and change deg C to human temp to whatever I want to do. Because Everything else the, stays the same. This is just a text expander it, snippet right there. Yeah, exactly. The structure, as weird as it is, will always be the same. Okay. Right? And the only time you need to reach for this is when you need to do math across a section like that. Just so math? So we need to take... Not well, if math statements. Or some sort of... Some sort of processing. We need to transform the content okay. of a section. Hmm. Right? We don't just want to spit it out as it was given to us. We want to transform it. Right? Because it is 22, but we don't want to say 22. We want to say something more. So we need to transform that 22 into 72 Fahrenheit, 22 Celsius. Okay. So that's why we need you, this. Bert, this is making me look back fondly on cloning. <laughs> Well, with cloning, you wouldn't be able to do this. No, I just mean the syntax, my ability to understand the the syntax. It's a bit hairy. It's a function that returns a function that calls a function that was passed to it as an argument. It takes practice. Yeah, it's... Okay. I did say there was indirection here, right? I didn't... Yeah. Yeah. I also intentionally didn't do this I think the word might be abstraction. It's very abstract. Well, right? It is indirection, right? Because it's it's like it's like a shortcut to a shortcut, right? If you have a if you have a desktop shortcut to a desktop shortcut to a file, that's two levels of indirection. We have a function that returns a function. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not argue with the dictionary. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> the point being, nonetheless, that our full code snippet here, so we can. We can use that same structure many times. We don't have to use it once. So our final worked example shows us doing it more than once. So we have a new view here. Place LA. Min C 18, which I have a comment telling me it's a temperature in degrees Celsius. Max C 28. We have our human temp function exactly as before. So human temp is a function that returns a function that takes two arguments, raw text and render, and then returns degree C to human, render raw text. Okay. 
So now our template is it will be between Octosorp Human Temp as a mustache and then Min C as a mustache inside that section and another section also keyed by Human Temp which contains Max C. Oh, look at that. Using it twice. Using it twice. In and then place as a mustache tomorrow. And now Mm -hmm. when we render, you start to see the power of doing this. So now we have suddenly, having done the work once, we can now say, well, between 64 degrees Fahrenheit, 18 degrees Celsius, and 82 degrees Fahrenheit, 28 Celsius in LA tomorrow. Hmm. And so you can imagine a giant big table of temperatures for the next week where you have a loop across degrees. But it wouldn't matter because we can just keep calling our human temp. Every time we want to translate a temperature, we just wrap it in human temp and hey, presto, magic. Yeah. So it's very it does, powerful. Yeah. Now that I know I don't have to understand that. I mean, I understand what it does, but I don't have to say it a lot. I think I might be able to survive this. <laughs> yeah, it, ultimately, it's weird syntax that you copy and paste. Okay. However, very powerful. By the way, it's good that you never tell me that when I'm trying to understand it and you save that until after, because I really want you to tell me beforehand because so I can stop listening. <laughs> It, no, I'm, I'm no, I'm saying you're you're doing it right. Okay, good. Not telling good, good, me good. is the right thing because if you told me ahead of time, I wouldn't listen to anything you said and even tried to understand that. Well, that, that I'm just remembering back to my days as a student. And that's exactly what I would have done, which is exactly why I do it this way. Yeah, <laughs> we're all human. But I really, really, really want you to tell me beforehand. <laughs> and no matter how it. much I beg, do not open this door. Like, like, is it Jason and the Argonauts? Where he says, "Tie me to the mast and don't take me down, no matter what." Actually, I was doing a, I was doing a young Frankenstein reference myself. I'm sure young Frankenstein was referencing Homer. Oh, maybe. Anyway, it's a whole big thing where the, the sirens have a song no man can resist and they jump off the ship and they all drown. So Jason says, tie me to the mast and no matter what I say, do not take me down. And so all the crew stuff, cotton wool in their ears. And he is the only human being ever to hear the song of the sirens and live to tell the tale. And apparently it's very pretty. Ah. That's not what happened in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> okay, well, that's what happens in Homer. Um, and I can recommend a fantastic podcast called Mythology, where you can learn all of these. They're acted out as little voice dramas, all of these amazing tales like Gilgamesh and all these kind of things. Hmm. And the most recent one is Jason and the Argonauts, which is why I know the legend. Anyway, you can see the full code without it being snippety, snippety, snippety as pbs74a.html. So that sort of gives it to you in context. All right. With that, that is the single hardest thing we're going to do probably this month. Oh, thank you. Possibly even the last. Probably. Wait, possibly this is the last episode year. of the month. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I mean, like, yeah, I'm thinking ahead to everything I have planned. None of it's this hard. Okay, good. And at the end of the day, this is a copy-paste job, but I wanted to take you through the pain. So that is now done. You may now relax. You have passed the test. Good. So the last thing I want to tell you about are what Mustache calls partials. Uh, You can think about them as sub-templates or templates within templates or child templates or imports. Lots of people describe them in lots of different ways, but the official word is it's a partial. Hmm. So I have been very careful to say not mustache takes two arguments. I've been very careful to say mustache can 
take two arguments. Mm. It can take three. Oh. And the third argument will be an object full of partials. Mm. And those object, that object will be a name for the partial mapping to the partial. So what is a partial? A partial, hard to say. A partial is a string that is a mustache template. So what we have is named mini templates that we can use inside our bigger template. Hmm. So we can have a big template, a view, and a collection of named mini templates or partials. Okay. So to shove a mini template into a template, you you use a special mustache, which is using as its starting symbol the greater than sign, which sort of looks like an arrow. So if our partials contained an object named boogers, then we would inject the boogers, if you'll excuse the phraseology, with curly curly... Wait, if our partials contained a partial? Partials are name-value pairs, where the name is the name of the partial, and the value is a mustache template. Yes, and sorry, did you just ask if partials can contain partials? Yes, they can. No, 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 you said it... It is a partial within a partial. Where did the first partial come from? Uh, if I said that, that was my mind saying something my brain didn't. Okay, so back you up a little bit. Mustache takes an optional third third argument, which it's is an object, an object that object contains of partials. Temp- Sorry, I thought you were asking me to repeat. Sorry. Well, I was actually reading the show notes to see if I could reproduce what you meant. Uh, a plain object containing template strings indexed by names. If your partial's object, so that's that third that third thing, contains a partial name boogers. Okay. All right. Take it, take it from there. Right. So imagine we have a partial's object and it contains a key. It contains the key boogers. Then we would inject the boogers into our master template with the mustache, curly, curly, greater than boogers. Close, curly, close, curly. Okay. I'm going to have to see so, that one. So we now have, basically, we have already seen... Octosorp and hat, now we have a third symbol, which is the arrow, or the greater than sign. Okay. Which is for inject a partial here. In other words, replace this thing with the result of processing the partial. And the partial is just a template. So let's define two partials. Let's, let's actually, let, let, this is so much harder to say than to do, so let's do. Okay, good. So PBS74B is where you can um, see this in action. Uh, so you'll see that we define in a an object that we are calling, very imaginatively, PBS74B partials. It is an object that defines two name value pairs or two keys, ext link and new badge. So ext link is a string which, when you look at it, looks exactly like a mustache template because, in fact, it is a mustache template. Partials are mini-me templates, child templates, little templates. Okay. So in this case, ext link is a string that says angle bracket ahref equals the mustache URL with triple squirrelies because we don't want it replacing our ampersands or anything like that. Target equals underscore blank. Rel equals no opener, no referrer. And then inside our um, link, we have the mustache text. And then we have the um, 
not bootstrap the other one font awesome icon for external link okay i don't understand this yet but keep going okay okay that string is a mustache template yes yes and it's a very simple mustache template and it's a value to a key that's inside a constant yes so we are saying that external link is this mustache template yeah and then we're saying that new badge is another mustache template. Okay. This one is a really, really simple one. It doesn't even have any mustaches inside it. It just says span <laughs> class equals badge, badge pill, badge danger, new exclamation point slash span. Okay. So a partial is just a template you can use within templates. So it's just a mustache template that we've given the name ext link. So just leave it there. It's just They're okay. just named mustache templates. So let's see what we do with them. Um, well, we're going to define an actual template we're going to render. Um, and so the, the the first string we're going to render, so we're using a script tag to define a normal mustache template, P, and then we have the mustache in, je- you know, squarely, squarely, angle bracket, new badge. You can now join Alison's wonderful Nocilla Castaways community on... And then we're we're saying squarely, squarely, angle bracket, ext link. So we're inserting our mini templates inside our big template. Hmm. So it is actually as if we had copied and pasted the text in there. Right. Is this so just it's a to way make of just, it cleaner? To be able to follow what you're doing? Yes. And reusable. Okay. You can have the same partials object used in 50 templates. Right? Okay. Imagine you have a massive big UI where you have lots of times that you need the new badge. You could copy and paste that same code into every template that uses a new badge, or you could define that as a partial and pass it in as an argument every time you need it. Right. So then so the if you, you change your mind... Partial, the way you tell it's a partial is it's not inside a script tag and it doesn't have an ID that is the script that we're going to go shove in someplace else. No. It's just... No. It could be, you. we could load them from a script tag if we wanted to. The way you tell us a partial is it will be the third argument when we call mustache.render. Hmm. Okay. Right. Mustache.render takes an optional third argument that is your partials. And that third argument could be an ID inside a script. Well, you could fetch it from anywhere, right? You, you could. Well, uh, yes or no. Yes or no. It can't be just an ID. It has to be an object that maps strings to templates, but those templates could have come from anywhere. So when we do our when we do our mustache render on this template that you just created that says angle bracket new badge, you can now join Allison's wonderful community on angle bracket external link. When we call mm-hmm. that, we use the ID of that script to call it, right? Uh, sorry, when you say the ID of or, that script... What do you mean the by script that, script that I just described has an ID PBS seventy four underscore TPL one. We're going to put render that, and the way we're going to call what we want to render is by identifying it by its ID. Correct? No. Part incomplete. It says dot render parentheses, and you're calling the uh, with jQuery. You're calling the ID that I just described dot HTML, and then we're pulling its HTML out, so it's actually yeah. being passed is a plain right. string, right? But it's <laughs> but it's being passed by the script 
with the ID or what is being passed is the script with the ID PBS 74 B underscore TPL one. So no, what's being passed is the content of that. Yes. Fine. But but the oh, way no, sorry, it's was knowing... a really important distinction. Mustache <laughs> is unaware of the content of an, uh, the concept of an ID. Mustache okay, but we're getting farther and farther and farther and farther and farther away from my question because okay. of what you're doing here. So the 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 we are going to render the content of the script with the ID PBS74B underscore TPL1. That's how we're yes. calling it. We could also have the partial. That third argument could also be a script with an ID, not a constant. Is that correct? Nearly. It could be an object that has name value pairs and the values in those name value pairs could come from script tags. Doesn't answer my question. Okay, so... It's either yes or no. (laughs) You you said it doesn't have to be a... The partial doesn't have to be a constant. You said it could be a script. So I just described how it would be a script and then you said nearly. Nearly, right? Because you have to take it one step further. It has to be an object. So it has to be a name... A collection of name value pairs. So the name has to be a name and then the value could come from a script. So you could have three script tags on your page. One called template one one called partial A and one called partial B. Is that, is that a reasonable little okay. thing to imagine? Okay. You would then pass as the third argument, ob, you know, start an object. What do you mean you by know, start an name, object? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Some what do you name, mean by start colon, an object? As in curly bracket. Hmm? Just a curly okay. bracket out in space. Right, like we've been doing for our views all along. We start an object with curly bracket, name, colon, okay, value, this is name, in the third... Value. Where are you putting that squirrely bracket? As third the third argument, to, argument okay, so in the template, or in the render function? Yeah, so the render okay. function needs to be handed an object as its third argument. Okay, there you go. That's where I was... Okay, so you're going to so start... You would, you would then give it a name, so boogers, let's say, colon... And then you would use your dollar function to go fetch the content of your script. Hmm. It has to have a name. It can't just be the raw string. Ah. It has to have a name. So that's why you did it with a constant, making it a constant. Yes. Hmm. I'm trying to right. figure out how I tell what's a partial and what's not a partial. And I don't know the answer to that question. So I thought I had the one was a script and one was a constant. But that's not true. So I don't really that's know. That's not true. The right. So I don't know how to tell which one's which. The only way, right. There's no difference between a template and a partial except when you use them. If it is passed as, as the third argument, then it is a partial. It becomes a partial by being the third argument, not by not by anything else. It's a string, right? A partial is a mustache template. It just happens to be a template that you will use inside the template, a sub-template. It's not magic. The only thing that makes it a partial is that we pass it as the third argument. Not it's not it's like forty-two is a number. Whether you pass it as the first argument or the third argument, what makes it one or the other is how you pass it, not what it is. Okay, but you said I can't just... No? (laughs) Uh, But you said I can't pass it a script. 
I can't pass it a script that is uh, where it extracts the text with a .html at the end of it. I can't you pass can, it You can, as long as you pass it as part of a name value pair, right? The third argument has to be a collection of name value pairs where the values are templates. Hmm. Even though when you did it as a constant, it doesn't say that. It just has the name of the constant. It doesn't have the name of the constant, no, no, colon. It, it, sorry, it, no, I am definitely passing as my third argument an object that contains name value pairs. The name is ext link. The value is a template. The name is new badge. The value is a template. Okay. All right. We should keep moving. It's probably driving the rest of the audience crazy. Well, no, because we're stuck. We, we, we have to... An object is a dictionary. I, I, yes? I won't use anything but constants. Because I don't... Okay. And the what constant, matters is the I third argument we'll have is name, name value, value pairs, pairs and the value is a template. How you got that template doesn't matter. It just has okay. to be a template. Okay. Isn't that true of the of the first argument? Yes. <laughs> They're the same. <laughs> yes. Except that in one case there there one case is just a template and the other case is an object of templates. Right? The first argument is only a string, the third argument is name value pairs where the value is a string. Okay. I think so. It's real gooey still. It's not cemented. The cement okay, hasn't well, let's, dried. Let's this try and sure. make our practical example do some cementing. Okay, good. So we have our partials, which we've defined. So ext link for a link with a target of underscore blank, a relevant opener, and a little icon. And then new badge, which is just a bootstrap for badge with the text new exclamation point. So our template then uses both of those partials. It says, paragraph, new badge. You can now join Alison's wonderful Nasilla Castaways community on... And then it shoves in ext link. So we have partials and we have a template. So the last thing that ties it all together is we actually invoke mustache.render. Right, so this is where the real magic happens. So mustache.render has now been given three arguments. The first argument is the template string, which we're pulling out of the script tag, as we've done before. Agreed? Right. right. The second argument is our view object. And instead of using a variable name, I've literally just defined it as I've used it. Hmm. By open a squarely bracket, name colon value, name colon value. So my view object is simply text, slack, URL, HTTP podfeet.com forward slash slack, right? your cool shortcut link to your slack. Yep. So the view is just a simple object with two name value pairs, a dictionary with two words. Right. And, and then our third argument. Nice. Hmm? I didn't know you could do that. That's nice. Yes. Our third argument is the object we defined above, which is our partials. Mm-hmm. So we're passing in a template, a view, and our partials. Right. Right. And the result of that, you can see, if you view PBS74B, it says demo one. What you can see is it says new. You can now join Alison's wonderful Nasilla Castaways community on Slack. So how has it done that? So we, Okay. So have you seen the output before we work yes. back to how it works? Yes. Okay. So... 
everything starts with a template. So what does our template say? It says start a paragraph, and then it says call new badge. Oh, okay. Well, what's new badge? I go and look. So my partials are PBS74B partials. Okay, let's go have a look at PBS74B partials. Partials. EXT link is the first template in there. Okay, so what does it say? It says ahref equals URL. Okay, well, my view defines URL as http colon slash slash podfeet.com for slack. So in that goes. Then so that's says, interesting. So it's going to the partial before it's paid much attention to the view object before it that was the second argument. Yes, because, huh. yes, the last thing it does is try to shove in the values, right? So effectively what you're doing is you're sticking the template inside the template and then you're rendering it as if it was, basically it's the equivalent of going copy-paste. Yeah. Yeah, and then it goes and fills it in. And so it fills it in based on your view. Hence, it says Slack. And the link, if you click on it, will actually go to your Slack. Right. So far, all we've done is sort of made it look more complicated. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you're going to use partials for things you use over and over and over and over and over again. So I'm not going to define the new partials object. Can't speak. We are not defining any more partials objects. Demo 2 uses the identical partials, but a different template. So that's the whole point of partials. They're designed to be small, reusable snippets. So instead of copying and pasting between your different templates, you just suck them in from your partials. Hmm. Okay. So our second demo is a list of your, a list of links. Well, they're the same building blocks, right? Mm-hmm. Our external link, and in this case, one of the links gets a new badge. Okay, so let's let's look at um, our next template. So we are not defining any new partials. All we're doing is defining a new template. So this is PBS74B template 2. It defines a paragraph tag. These are the most important third-party libraries this series relies on. And then it starts an ordered list, OL. Then we have a mustache with a noctothorpe and its control or its section key is JS libs. Mm-hmm. Inside there we start a list item. And then inside our list item, we inject the partial ext link. Inside ext link, we now open another mustache using the octothorpe and we give it the section key new. And then inside the section new, we have a non-breaking space because otherwise the new badge was walloped horribly into the link. (laughs) And then we include the partial new badge. So what we have here is a loop across JS libs. We always insert the link and then we have an if statement wrapping around new badge controlled by by the key new. So if it's new, show a new badge. This needs, we'll see the view in a moment, right? Yeah, uh, just let me slow down for, slow you down for just a second. So reading left sure. to right actually makes it harder in this case. Looking at the end of that line, we've got a slash new. So we've got a, a, an Octothorpe new. In this case, it's not an array inside, I don't think. But I don't know it's not an array. You won't know until you look at the view object, you're right. Okay. Okay, so I don't know yet. Inside the the new, is it's got the new... Section key, section mm-hmm. key, it new is a section key. Inside that, we've got new badge, which is looking for a partial. But this yeah. is all 
delightfully inside a partial too, called the EXT link. No, no it's not, not inside. inside because it's sitting next to. It's sitting next to, yeah, because partials don't have a start and an end. They just get... Okay, yeah. Right? Okay. All right, so now i got to go find out what new badge is. And yeah. we know what XD link is because it's going to take our link and look. it's going to look for the URL and the text and all that. Okay? Yeah. And then the new now, badge is just a badge that we, says new. We don't know that uh, Octothorpe new is an if statement. We don't. we don't. It could be a loop. So we could, in theory, depending on what is in our view, it could be a loop. We could have new, 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 new. Right. Okay. Probably don't, though. So let's let's use it. Let's actually make this template go. So again, we're using mustache.render with three arguments. The first argument is load this template I've just described to you as the first argument. Mm -hmm. And the second argument is we're building a view in place again because I was too lazy to make another variable. So this view, the first key within this view is JSLibs. Great. What is JSLibs? Oh, JSLibs is an array this time. Look at it go. So so we're off to our loopy loopy land because we have an array. So our first section, JSLibs, is a loop. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. It defines a list item. So what is being looped over? Well, our array contains objects. The first object contains the key text, which has the value jQuery, and the key URL, which has the value HTTP jQuery.com. The second element in our array is also an object. It has the key text, and it says bootstrap, and it has the key URL, and it says getbootstrap.com. And the third object in our array has the key text with the value mustache, the key URL with the value mustache.github.io, and the key new with the value true. And then we call so how come? Partials. So that was an object, and it just got to have a third value? Sure. Okay. You're yeah. I mean, you could we got another one. Boogers colon snot. Many of us like. No, no, no. I mean, I'm the the fact that the the third one is mustache mustache.github.io, and it's also got new colon true in it. Yes, because it can have whatever it wants at this point. We're just making stuff up right here. We are indeed. And then okay. w- when when mustache tries to apply this data to that template with those partials, it will then have to start asking questions. Okay. So now that we know what the view is and we know what the partials are, let's mentally process the template, right? These things are no longer abstract. I have defined them now. So now when we look at our template, the first thing we come across is the section with the section key JSLibs. Well, we now know JSLibs is an array, so I now know, ah, we're off to loopy loopy land here. So we are going to go through the loop once for each of those three objects. So the first time through the loop... We print an li, and then we go and we call the, the partial ext link. So let's scroll up to ext link, and ext link expects two mustaches, text and URL. Well, hey, look at what's defined inside our little object inside JSLibs. Why it says text is jQuery. Okay, fine. jQuery gets injected into the link. And what's the URL? It's jQuery.com. Okay, so that partial expands out to ahref equals jQuery.com the text jQuery slash A. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we go and we start a new section with the key new. What is the value of new inside that object? It isn't there. It's undefined. It's undefined truthy or falsy. 
And it's falsy, so it's zero, so it's not. You just don't do anything at all? Precisely. So in other words, everything between Octosorp new and Slash new doesn't happen. Invisible. Right. Not there. Okay. So if you look at the output, it just says jQuery, and mm-hmm. it's a link. We go through again, and we do exactly the same for Bootstrap. Not, no point in talking through that again. Then we go through our loop for the third time, and this time we get mustache, we get the link to mustache, and then we come to the new, and this time new does have a value, because for the third object we have a key named new with the value true. So our octosorp new has just become truthy, which means that the new badge gets injected. Right. So, well, let's keep going, though. So it says new colon true. So now we've Mm -hmm. done our if statement on new, because in this case it was not an array. And it says now it goes to greater than new badge. Now we have to go back to our partial, uh, partial, find the key new badge and shove it in. Yes. And in this case, new badge has no more mustaches inside it. So it's just it's just span class equals badge, badge dash build, badge dash danger, new slash span. Okay. So the output, as you can see, is a, a plain link to jQuery, a plain link to Bootstrap, and a link to Mustache with the word new right. shoved on to the end. The key point is that we have two completely different templates, but they both contain links and they both contain new badges. So instead of me copying and pasting the the template for a link, I showed them into a partials object and used the same partials object for both templates. Right. That's the point of them. They're small, reusable snippets that you use across multiple templates Hmm. to save you copying and pasting, because if you copy and paste, then the next time... (laughs) Right, and not just you make mistakes, maybe you change your mind. Maybe you go, Red, that's a bit much. Maybe I should use success instead of danger. Well, now you've got to do a command F or whatever and find them, replace them all. But at that point, your bad smell detector should be going ding, 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 ding. So that this is how you solve that bad smell. Partials are reusable pieces, so you define it once, use it as often as you like. Hmm. Okay. And so well, although it sounds abstract, in the real world, it's vital because a web interface has many components that get used over and over and over again. Hmm. Right. Otherwise, you don't have a very consistent UI if everything is unique and special. Right. I can see that. I just think they look really hard. <laughs> they look hard. They they are straightforward. They're harder to describe than to use. I mean, yet last week I had so much trouble describing the conditionals and the loops because they're really hard to say. But did you have much trouble doing them for your homework? No. Oh, well. No. Uh, well, yes. you got there. Oh. Okay, but you did get there. Still this hard. This will be... Yeah. Okay, well, we call it hard. This is no harder than last time. How's that? Uh, so you say. <laughs> My well, head didn't hurt see. last time. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, the good news is, by the way, I, I'm about to set you a challenge in a moment. I just need to do one more short thing before I set you a challenge. The challenge does not contain the first of the two things we did today. It's only interested in the partials because, to be honest, I want you to know that you can do the first if you need to. But I'm telling you now, you will be using partials all the time. So mm. I want you to learn those and to just store in the back of your head that there's an RTFM to go read if you ever find yourself in need of 
doing mathematical calculations like converting dollars to euros or Celsius to Fahrenheit or whatever. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I guess. I'm just surprised we don't get done. to try doing it once. I mean, if if I don't have to do it ever, that that thing was just vapor. As soon as you said it, I said, oh, yeah, what was that really hard thing you described? That's how quickly it disappears for me if I don't practice it. So yeah, it's, that, it's that's gone now. I admit, this is the point where I admit that I made a mistake when writing the show notes and I just tried to cover up for myself. <laughs> that there should have been homework? Well, there is homework, but I forgot to make it contain that because I wrote the homework <laughs> this afternoon in a hurry. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe if you think of something during the next, uh, you know, in the next couple of days, you could stick it in there with an asterisk okay. thing a- added after the show was recorded. Yes, I will have a think. Okay. Next time I'm out on the bike, I'll have a think. Anyway, before we finish up today, I have one more very short little fact to give you. It's not really a new concept. So we know that you can shove a template string into a document by abusing a script tag. Mm-hmm. And we know that you can define data using a language called JSON, J-S-O-N. Yeah, this has yes. really smelled like it needed some JSON to be going on here. Indeed it does, because a view really can be very well represented as a JSON object or a yeah. JSON string. Yeah. I'm now going to tell you that you can take you can write JSON in your document by abusing a script tag. <laughs> the same abuse <laughs> would have a small subtlety. Okay. Right. You have to use a type that's not JavaScript. Mm-hmm. It would be really weird to put your JSON string inside the script tag that said type equals text slash HTML. That would make my head explode. So what you should do is use the actual MIME type for JSON, which is application slash JSON. That's it. That's the only difference. Hmm. The The one other subtlety then, you shouldn't say you shouldn't use jQuery's HTML function to pull out the JSON. You should use jQuery's text function to pull out the JSON because it is okay. text. And then the last thing just to remind you of, so there's a link in the show notes to a blog post we did as a many, many, many moons ago called Quick Introduction to JSON. That's linked in the show notes. 40 and the lessons one important- ago. That's a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually installment 17 is when we last met JSON. I checked. It's linked in the show notes too. Uh, The only thing you need to remember from installment 17 is that the function for taking a string of JSON and turning it into an actual JavaScript object is json.parse. So in other words, json.parse.someid.txt. Okay. That's that's actually fabulous timing. One of the things Dorothy and I've been doodling on the uh, elliptical, and it was actually my idea to do this is, you know, she creates our, the fabulous PBS index that you link to yes. uh, in your show notes and it's linked over, it's over on my side. Um, but she creates that with a, some scripting that she wrote a long time ago, but we've been talking about, boy, doesn't this smell like you could write that with mustaches? And we were saying, yeah, but you know, it's really obvious to be a JSON file, you know, a set of JSON data is what you really would probably have. Well, how do we do that? We as in Dorothy. (laughs) Now you know. Yeah, okay. This is a mechanism, and next week you're going to get an even better mechanism. So now I'm telling you how to shove it into your file. Next week I'm going to tell you how to pull it out of any URL on planet Earth. Ooh. 
Ooh, that's using the fun. wonderful Ajax, which is not a cleaning product. <laughs> it is a technique for sucking one URL into another. Cool. So your challenge is you will find in the zip file a folder very imaginatively named PBS74 Challenge Starting Point. Oh, this good. We is... aren't trying to do this into my conditional toast with... Okay, good. Yeah, no, we're done toasting. We've, Thank you. We've had sufficient toast. Uh, what this is, really, is a very empty document which contains, written by me, a giant big JSON string embedded in a script tag which contains a bunch of information. Hmm. And I want you to write templates and partials to turn this view data into a pair of pretty contact me collections of links. Hmm. So the JSON data defines two people, one called Allison and one called Bart. And it defines an object that map pretty little um, font awesome icons to contacty places. So it defines an icon for email, for Facebook, for Flickr, for Slack, for Stack Overflow, for Twitter, etc. And you'll notice that the person objects contain an array called contact, which has things like email, URL, Facebook. Ooh, have I made an awful mistake? Yeah, I may need to fix this up a little bit before you publish the show. Okay. Very minorly, okay. I just, I, I've managed to go one level too deep. <laughs> okay. So a tiny little typo fixing here to be done. But anyway, the point is you're going to, you, the JSON object contains an object called people indexed by Allison and Bart. And Allison and Bart define contact information indexed by a whole bunch of things like email, URL, Twitter, Flickr. Mm-hmm. And there's also an object called contact icons indexed by email, Facebook, Slack, Twitter, etc. So you can see how this is all going to connect together. Yeah. I want you to practice, if you'll excuse this horrible pun I'm about to make, so pun intended, <laughs> I would like you to flex your flexbox muscles Oh. and lay these contacts out using a nice flexbox. And I want you to make sure they look pretty at all breakpoints. Yeah, it's probably good to get back into that. I've got real lazy and I'm making some real ugly looking pages lately. Yep. Going, I knew how to make them pretty, but I forgot and it's too hard. Yeah, so now I'm telling you, your your mission should you choose to accept it is to lay them out nicely using Flexbox. They have to be accessible. So no taking shortcuts on your ARIA stuff. Have of to be accessible. Course. Have to work at every breakpoint. And I want you to use mustache templates to do the heavy lifting. And I really do insist you use partials. Okay. Now, given the fact that we have lots of icons repeated, I think you can understand how reusable snippets might come into play here. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a fact that may or may not be helpful. But remember that flex boxes can go up and down as well as side to side. And remember that in um, Bootstrap... You can have your flex box go side to side for some breakpoints and up and down for other breakpoints. I don't know what up and down and side to side mean. You don't mean like this contact card would turn 90 degrees. I don't mean they would, the con, the text wouldn't rotate, no. But a list can be a list of things going across on, you know, one mm. next oh, to right, the other. Right. Yeah. Or a list can be one on top of the other. Right. So that's right. what I mean by okay. horizontal and vertical. Okay. So so flexbox can work both ways, side to side or up and down. 
and Bootstrap lets you choose how Flexbox behaves differently depending on your breakpoint. So that might be helpful information to have. Right. That's it. That, Maybe that, that calculation nonsense should be an extra credit. <laughs> you see, I, I thought this, you know, that, that there it is looks a reason like my brain didn't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to do here. And the, it, I, I'm sort of intentionally calling back the stuff we haven't done in a while, stuff I don't want you to forget, like the breakpoints. Yeah. And the Flexbox. Because Flexbox is really important, really, really important. Yeah, I need As to you know from doing your Podfeet website, right? It's Flexboxes yeah. everywhere, right? Your pretty little li- icons for all of your podcasts. Oh, it's a Flexbox. Your pretty little contact me icons. Yeah, it's a Flexbox. Yeah, and that had been a while since I remembered how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that is that is it for this week. I need to just fix my view before I hit publish and before you publish the show. Um, and next week... We are learning one thing, one four-letter acronym, AJAX. Yay! The the point of AJAX is it lets us suck in something from a URL into our JavaScript. And in this case, we're going to suck in mustache templates and views from remote URLs. Oh, cool. And by the way, it's two weeks from now. Yes, I keep saying next week. I mean next time. Anytime you hear me say the word week, just, you know, yeah, uh, find it. and replace all occurrences <laughs> of week with time. <laughs> all right, Bert. Well, we made it through. We'll see how we I do on this. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised as my, my prediction, because it's such a real world example, I think you'll have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to use it in a practical way. Cool. Yes. Well, anyway, hopefully... You'll have fun, but regardless, until next time, I do definitely wish you happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.